Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are often invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating work. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. Over the past number of months, we've been having a lot of, I think I would call it fun, discussing various idioms or sayings that are are commonly uh, offered in business and perhaps even in life. And Kent, I thought this one was really fun that you chose. Uh, We're going to talk about whether you can judge a book by its cover or the old saying, you can't judge a book by its cover, particularly appropriate because if I remember correctly, you started your business career in a publishing company. Is that true? I did, Roger. I did. My first professional job out of college was a marketing manager at a publishing house. So I had an opportunity to work with raw manuscripts that authors would write all the way through editing, publishing, even to the the retail bookstores. So book covers are important. Books are important to me and I, I enjoy them very much. So as a marketing manager, which sounds like you made broader responsibilities mm-hmm. than what we might think about with a typical marketing manager, but you would have had to think quite a bit about the cover of the book because right. I'm guessing that has a fairly important impact on sales. For sure. Covers covers are important. That's why this saying, you can't judge a book by its cover, I believe it's true. I would qualify to say you can't fully or okay. with a lot of reliability uh, judge a book by its cover. But to your point, the appearance of a book, what it looks like, the... Um, very important. So it has to sell, it has to pop from a shelf to catch a reader's eye. And where does the title fit into that? Yeah. The title, the title's important, the author's important. Okay. Um, and the design. So there's there's many things. And what the one of the reasons why I like this idiom so much is certainly it applies literally to books, but it applies very well figuratively to people because there's many things about external um, appearance that are important. Mm-hmm. Not not the full story, but mm-hmm. certainly the start. Well, we certainly know about the impact of initial impression. For sure. There's there's lots of research around how important initial impressions are. And of course, another idiom we could talk about someday would be you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And I think that applies here because I think for me, I'm a lover of books. Mm-hmm. You're a lover of books. I'm a, a, I read a lot mm-hmm. and probably largely past the idea that I would buy a book by its cover right. because mostly I would say I make my judgments according to recommendations right. I would get from a friend. If you would say, hey, Roger, have you read X? Uh, I would say, no, Why? Uh, what did you think? You might say to me, I think you would love it. And then I would ask you why. And in probably 30 seconds, I'd probably decide how how quickly I was going to put that on my list. So I don't know that I would make a lot of judgments of that, but I still occasionally go into a physical bookstore. I love bookstores, For sure. by the way. What a For great sure. place to to spend uh, you know, a rainy Saturday afternoon, maybe. Uh, but there has to be something to the design of the cover, and we've got to be able to learn something about that, about this business of leadership, organizational yes. dynamics, and human interaction in which we're involved. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. There's a lot there, Roger. And before we actually transfer to um, the figurative leadership, I did. Yeah. I, br- I brought a book along because I really? know that you and I share the love of books. And I don't know if you recall this, but this book was given to me by you really? in Christmas of 2007. So wow. early on in our relationship, I've kept it, I've treasured it. So I wanted to bring that along as a as a literal representation of 
of how important books are. That That's almost 15 years ago. It is, and uh, close to when we first met and began our relationship. And, and by the way, those of you that are listening, I failed to give a proper introduction to my friend Kent Hartzler, who has relatively recently mm. joined our team here at North Group. But by like many of the folks that join our team, uh, our relationship didn't start mm-hmm. just a few months ago. So we've been friends for 15 years and have had a variety of ways to extend that friendship and Ken was Kent was also friends with a number of other folks at North Group and we eventually got to the point where it made sense to be together and one of those things is is books right. and, and just our love of of leadership our love of learning our love of organizational dynamics I would look at that particular book and say hey there's not a whole lot to the cover there but the title is very descriptive of the content where that's not nearly always the case. You showed me a book the other day, yes. something about everything about women or something I like learned, that? I learned from tractors. Yeah, everything I was, about I, women I learned from tractors. Now, I, you were not the author of that, I, I, I was because I don't the think author. Steph would be happy. No. With that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it's just another reminder that exterior, external appearance just does not always yeah. do full justice to the contents. It's yeah. important. Other idioms, Roger, you were mentioning that we could think of as it relates to this one is... Not all that glitters is gold, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or looks okay. aren't everything. Yeah, and that second one for guys like you and me, looks aren't everything. That's yes. also a comforting. It's really thing. good. It really that's is. Not yeah. It is. It is. And so, what we need to do is, is thanks for the compliment, yeah. by the way, buddy. <laughs> but what we do is we need to we need to open open the book yeah. and start yeah. to examine the contents because we we all do this as human beings. Anything that has external characteristics, I think we're always trying to, to judge, discern, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. That might get us partly down the road. Now, it, some of our in, first impressions may be misguided. Mm-hmm. They may be flat out wrong. Mm-hmm. But for sure, the, the, uh, the external cover is important, but it's that where we find the substance is, is inside the pages. The other thing I find with some of those external things now as we shift to right. talking about people and mm-hmm. leaders is many of the external things, the cover of the person are very easily corrected. Right. right. But we don't always have the courage to have the conversation that will correct them. This is true. Example, limp handshakes. Uh, Not a fan. I, I was aware of that. Yeah. The, the but you, would, you wouldn't give a limp handshake anyhow. That wouldn't be your thing. Hopefully not. But Hopefully to not. me, right or wrong, mm-hmm. it communicates something. It absolutely and does. And so on a number of occasions, I have... Uh, had some doubts about mm-hmm. <laughs> what was going to be in the book, so to speak, yeah. after I met a person initially, got a limp handshake, maybe a lack of eye contact, maybe some other factors, but suspending judgment, getting into the conversations, wow, there's some serious substance here. Maybe this matches up with something we're looking at. Then I need to go back and mm-hmm. say, wow, yep. the cover of the book isn't quite what it could be, but easily correctable we could change the cover Mm -hmm. if i had the courage to say to the person would you be open to some 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 feedback and the person usually says yes so you know what you really i think you would really benefit by firming up your handshake decorum i mean you decorum yeah that's another way of thinking about that and 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 it's very true it's an easy fix it's things that we can all work out we can't control everything but certainly there there are important things that are within our control but changing on the inside now that's that's the long play that's human development. Yeah. That's that's character formation. Yeah. That's the long haul, but but vitally important as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we on the truth of the idiom itself, you can't judge a book by its cover. How would you deconstruct that, Kent? How would you qualify that? Again, 
judging a book fully, reliably, truly, probably not, but you can get a good start. I think we need to get inside the pages, give it a chance, and again, we need to do that with human beings and situations as well. One of the ways is be curious. Mm -hmm. Take a little bit of time, mm -hmm. uh, open it up, and start to, to peruse it. I think of a table of contents in a book. Um, to equate that to a leader, maybe mm -hmm. that's a resume, maybe mm -hmm. that's uh, past experiences. Mm -hmm. We do that through stories. Mm -hmm. That gets us a little deeper into what we might find within the pages of a book. You know what? One of the things, and this would not surprise you at all, but one of the things I have really had to fight is I was brought up by a family and in an era where you mentioned a great word earlier, decorum, mm -hmm. really mattered. Now, it did mm -hmm. not matter to the exclusion of substance. Sure. Not at all. Absolutely. But um, I remember my father modeling and teaching me a number of things about decorum. Mm -hmm. Example, uh, and I reproduce this to some degree with my children. I remember my father taking me to, I'm going to call them banquets, where I was the only uh, young person there. Interesting. And I believe my dad did that deliberately to expose me to... Mm -hmm. I guess I'll call it the world of adulthood. Mm -hmm. uh, back in those days, the 70s, maybe even the 60s, I, I needed to wear a suit mm -hmm. at age 12. Mm -hmm. uh, needed to learn how to shake hands, mm -hmm. look people in the... Those were all advantages mm -hmm. for me when I got into the workplace mm -hmm. because I did not have to relearn them. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, does that tell anybody what's in the book and what substance is inside of, of Roger North? Uh, probably not or not to a great degree, but I have always felt that it gave me a certain advantage. It has turned somewhat mm -hmm. into a disadvantage mm -hmm. that I've needed to overcome mm -hmm. because that's not valued mm -hmm. as much in society as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've become a much more casual, more casual society. Right. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Well, it'd be easy for me to jump to mm -hmm. being a kind of an old fogey and right. say, yeah, I, I think it's a bad thing. Uh, I think I need to think about that a little bit more closely. What do you think? Yeah, you're absolutely touching on some interesting things. I do think the world is generally trending, at least in our context, more informal. Yeah. Now, is that good or bad? I think there's, there's a, a ditch on both sides of the road because we always want people to be their true, comfortable, authentic selves. When does that cross a line from appropriate to inappropriate would mm -hmm. be a question. But the other thing, Roger, don't you think in, in terms of there is a relationship between internal and external? How you, you look outside maybe starts to shape how you feel inside. So that relationship between, again, those the cover, the external, I think it does correlate then to the confidence, how we carry ourselves. There's something there that I don't think we want to lose completely. That's not just you and me who are, you know, uh, have some seasoning, I some years, I, I some tread off so. the tire. And that applies to people in their teens and 20s and 30s also? I'd like to think it does. And yet we're going to have, the context is important. Things uh -huh. are going to be changing. It may look a little different in, in future generations, but I, I think there's a principle there that will be enduring. Something else that I think is interesting, given uh, what, what many of us have experienced over the last year or two, is trying to determine the relationship between mm -hmm. the cover of the book and the substance of the book mm -hmm. through a virtual means. Mm. Oh. Through a, a 
right. a video meeting. Right. And I have generally taken the position, and I wonder what you thought about this. I don't think mm. we've talked about this before, that the better I know the person, mm -hmm. the more depth there already is to the relationship, the more productive meeting we can have right. virtually. Right. But if I have never met the person before, I have not had that chance to... Yeah. be physically in in a space with them. If I'd not have a chance to shake their hand, to look them in the eye, those sorts of things that I was taught as right. a boy, it takes a little longer. And I would say to the point of the business that we're in, which involves mm -hmm. helping executives to get better, mm -hmm. helping leaders to be more effective, sometimes evaluating whether uh, candidates for executive mm -hmm. positions could succeed in a given environment and bring value, I don't think I can give our clients the very best evaluation of that without an in-person interaction. What do you think? You raise a really good point because just in the last year to 18 months, we've learned that we can do a lot more remotely we have. and virtually than, than what we knew. And yet, a little bit back to a book, there's nothing like just picking up a book. The feel of it, the look of it, being able to page through it in a, in a comfortable chair versus we're getting a lot more content electronically. So again, the balance. The balance between um, there's practicality to that, it, it scales and, and has more capacity, but we lose something. And I think the same is true in human relationships when we're not together, sharing oxygen, being physically present in, in the same room. And yet, Roger, don't you think we're going to have to adapt and find our ways to do that in the world that we're going to be living in? I, th I think it's an and. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I think it's an and. I, I think back to our, our, our business, North Creek Consultants, the business we're in, we, we, we are very high on being in the same space. Mm -hmm. For sure. And um, we've built our business on, on the premise that that's really important. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, a very high percentage of our clientele is within a one, one or two hour driving right. distance of our, of our location mm -hmm. here and allows us to easily navigate that. Now, as we've grown, we're getting many more opportunities. Right. I was on the, on a virtual call mm -hmm. with a fellow in Colorado this morning. Yeah. I'd never met him before. We spent about 45 minutes on the phone. I feel like I know him mm -hmm. pretty well, mm -hmm. given the 45 minute constraint. Would that 45 minutes or an hour have been better invested if he came from 45 mm -hmm. minutes away? Probably, Probably. Yeah. but we're getting better at it. Yeah. And so I think it's an yeah. end. I think it is. And at what cost? I mean, you're right. And, and good, good for you, Roger, there. I think what you're, what you're exhibiting with that story is an example of, you know, you're not judging the book by the cover. You're willing to um, open it up, learn, use the mediums that are in front of us. And it'd be curious for those who are listening, some of our listeners, as they hear this conversation, you know, maybe some of the younger ones, maybe some of the more progressive ones are saying, hey, guys, you're going to need to figure out a world where we can't just pick up the physical book, but we're going to have to adapt and be flexible to some of the things you've described. One of the challenges I would like, I guess myself certainly, to think about, I have been thinking about it, and those who are listening to us today to think about is how does a virtual environment encourage less than full engagement? Mm -hmm. Example, both you and I sit on a couple of boards of directors. Mm -hmm. Those boards of directors meetings have almost exclusively been virtual mm -hmm. over the last several years. It takes less time. Mm -hmm. I'm doing that from my office or my study at home. I'm not driving mm -hmm. 20 minutes or two hours to that meeting. A lot of advantages. Sure. Disadvantage. 
I have sent text messages, read email, and completed reports during those meetings. Roger, I'm appalled. Confession. I'm appalled. And I would not do that in person. It wouldn't be. And I feel convicted around that. And I think this idea, Kent, this is a whole different <laughs> kettle of fish here, which I'm about to just mention, and I'll put it out sure. there for people to think about. Mm -hmm. The idea of multitasking mm -hmm. is fundamentally flawed within the human condition. And yet, Right now, you and I are fully focused on this conversation. Why? Because, of course, we respect each other. We respect our listeners. Mm -hmm. We respect this process. We want to do our very best with this conversation. But that's not the case 100% of the time. And the more excuses I give myself to convince myself that eh, I don't know how closely I need to listen to this conversation. I'm not that interested in it. I get a little bit farther away from who I want to be. Roger, first of all, peace to you. We've all done what you've described. So, you know, grace, grace and peace. <laughs> but don't we try to do that? And we try to, we try to do it and we think that no yep. one's, no one's noticing. Yep, yep. We, we think we can try to do more. Yeah. Uh, be efficient. That's one of value as well. And yet, just like a book, I took a speed reading class back in that first job, just simply okay. because of the content that we needed to get through. So I learned how to speed read. Well, you can't fully speed read your way through material and truly do justice or do honor to it because you're not fully present. Yeah, you may be able to get the gist, the essence of it, but isn't that, again, when you talk about some of the formative substance in a book, Scripture reading, yeah, you have to fully be present, fully digest it, comprehend. So there is a very good lesson there when we have to slow down and be present rather than try to multitask, whether it is virtually, like you mentioned, or even with a traditional hardbound book. And if we would think back to this idea of the, the cover does have an effect, mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. it's an accelerating effect on the relationship. True. Sometimes it means we need to invest more time in the relationship to overcome a, an initial impression or judgment mm -hmm. that we have made that may block our way mm -hmm. to a better relationship or a better judgment, if you will. We, mm -hmm. we, we help organizations make judgments about people mm -hmm. and situations mm -hmm. and organizational dynamics. Yeah, I, uh, I want to think about the relationship between that initial impression, the mm -hmm. cover of that book, and how I make my way to substance. And again, over time, that begins to fade away. I believe. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But then we're back to this idea that relationships take time. They take time. I don't think there's shortcuts. Uh, we are a society that likes to move fast. We like yeah. to be efficient. We, we like to microwave things. Some things just, it's just not possible to do it well and to do it fully. When you and I were talking the other day, a couple of days ago, you mentioned your high school football coach. I did. And uh, there was something to that story that I thought was valuable. Tell, quickly digest your, your thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I had a high school football coach. He was, he was old school in nature, and, and he had a, a big phrase, which I don't think was unique to him, but don't assume, never assume. And, and part of it was we all have confirmation biases, but what he was saying there is if you assume... Uh, somebody else is going to make the tackle. If you assume the referee is going to blow the whistle and you do that prematurely, there could be bad results. And so he was yeah. always encouraging us never make any assumptions that somebody else is going to do something or that something's going to happen. Play through. 
play fully. So I think that's really behind the scenes what he was attempting to instill well, in us. Well, that's a really good lesson drawn into leadership because I, I, I can easily start making assumptions uh, based on initial impressions right. that actually become inefficient and mm -hmm. unhelpful Absolutely. to the conversation that goes forward because I'm working so hard at either maybe justifying those right. impressions or right. having to overcome them. But at the same time, I don't want to dismiss the cover of the book entirely, do I? You don't. In fact, I was thinking about this saying, and, and one of the things that I think applies here is one of the things I did not know going into this conversation, but the person attributed to this saying, you can't judge a book by its cover, it's an interesting story. The person's name is George Eliot. And George was an author back in the 1800s. He was an English novelist. Sure. What I learned is that's a pen name. The real author's name is Mary Ann Evans. So Mary Ann is a female who used a male pen name. Thus, you can't judge a book by its cover. And she, she was the person that authored that idiom idiom and used a male pen name as she that wrote in the so in the mid 1800s interesting i thought w it was <laughs> what would the thought be that back then a female author wouldn't sell that didn't have the credibility that, that's, simply because she was female that's what i was drawn to as well wow one other thing i was thinking that is so <laughs> interesting, is interesting when you think it? about authors you were talking about how sometimes authors can yes. certainly affect sure. their, uh, whether they're interested in a book or not um for fun to yes. relax i like to read detective books, you know, easy to read, detective repartee and this kind of thing. And there, there is an author that was extremely pro prolific and wrote a number of books. And after he died, mm -hmm. they continued to use his name mm -hmm. to sell the books while acknowledging that his estate had licensed the characters in the book to mm -hmm. other authors. Mm -hmm. And I am now reading through a series of books that are written by another author, but the name of the original author is still on the book and the character, the protagonist, the detective is still alive. And it just, it's just very interesting to me because at first I thought, eh, I'm not going to read a book by a guy who isn't this author, but is trying to extend this author's influence. But when I read them, I think these books are even better than the original. Isn't it interesting, now that you're saying this, Roger, that sometimes if, if an author is accomplished enough, did you ever notice how sometimes the author's name is almost bigger than the title yeah. itself? And That's kind of interesting, yeah. Along with not just that, maybe the endorsements or the reviewers yes. who have competency or credibility, they also, so the relationship there is another interesting thing to think about. Which would relate to uh, often when I meet somebody, mm -hmm. I meet them because... We know somebody else in common, Correct. and that person that connects us, and this is this is a judgment I make probably almost every day of the week, where they're saying, hey, Roger, I have a friend so-and-so. I think very highly of them. They're interested in some things mm -hmm. that you're interested in. Would you be willing to spend an hour with them? I would tell you that I very often uh, make a judgment as to whether I'll spend time with that person, how long I'll spend with them, what the venue will be for that, based mm -hmm. on the person who's... Sure. There sure. are people that would call me and yeah. I would immediately prioritize that based, referral. Based on relationships, networks, yep. other yep. connections that you have. Yep. So this, boy, I don't know, this idiom, have we determined whether you can or can't judge a book by its cover? I, I think we're qualifying and saying not fully, truly, and reliably, but I also hear say pretty important. There's something to it. I do.
sometimes it'll accelerate a relationship and sometimes it may just force us to be more circumspect about whether those initial cover judgments I agree. Are really, uh, are really impactful on the substance of what we're uh, where we're going to take things from there. I think I've learned something through this conversation. I think at first glance, I came in thinking, you know, this is pretty clearly that you can't judge a book by its cover. This conversation is even helping expand my thinking on it and qualifying it in helpful ways. And I think our challenge going out of this here today is just for uh, folks that are learning along with us to think. Now, how do I connect those mm-hmm. two things together because yeah. they are connected? Mm-hmm. The cover is connected to the substance of what's inside. But let's examine ourselves and how we treat that, uh, perhaps on a, a more in-depth basis uh, th- th- than the person itself, because well it's really our perspective and our attitude that that's going to determine the quality of that relationship. Absolutely. Thank you, Ken. I enjoyed yeah, it. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for listening to the North Group Podcast. For more information about North Group Consultants, please visit northgroupconsultants.com.